Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. My name is Tavian the Philosopher Napier and this is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena. We do that by talking about topics that I find important and sometimes interesting. Today's topic, we got a fellow member of the FGC, but before we get into that topic, I got some updates for you. So let's jump right into them. So this is primarily gonna be esports updates. Uh, as many of you know by now, I did get accepted in the salary position um, at Western. So I'm really excited to be working back at the university again and uh, not as stressed about money. Um, I started that officially on Monday, the, the 24th of October. So uh, I am starting that out and it's great. Uh, not much has changed, honestly. There's a little bit of a hierarchy structure, but outside of that, my duties are basically the same as just working a little bit more consistently uh, and making more money and not being stressed about money. So. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of money, I will say as someone who has during this pandemic struggled financially, like I, I've made things work. We've been very lucky uh, to not have worse financial issues, but it is so crazy how much of a burden that money can put on at least me. It, it's always been an issue for me. It's been a very sensitive topic uh, to talk about uh, just from family to living on my own to, you know, spending a little bit of time being homeless. Uh, it's just been a topic that's hard for me to uh, separate my self-worth from, right? And I had never really practiced dealing with that struggle plus being a parent and a husband. That all happened during this pandemic. So it was like a whole bunch of stuff just compounded and I worked through it, but it was so hard. And now it just seems so much easier to motivate myself to do stuff. It's crazy how much of a difference when you alleviate part of your stress, whether it be money for me, or you know, it could be cleaning up your room or, or dealing with a bad unhealthy relationship. Uh, relieving that stress can just give you so much more mental energy to focus on other stuff. It's crazy. Uh, I already knew that in practice or in theory, but it's just, this is a whole new can of worms I had never dealt with pandemic plus parenting plus being a husband plus having to like start my business back up in the middle of all that pretty crazy but luckily to say I'm happy happier now um, dealing with a lot less mental fatigue and, and that kind of stuff is easier to go to bed uh, and, and that's great and I will say there's one thing that has been stressing me out that I didn't really know how to work out and the situation kind of worked itself out in a way uh, but I had to step down from my duties at Albion College I worked as a Rocket League coach and I also helped with uh, some production and and coaching fighting games and stuff like that and had some other things I was going to help on the side with more uh, mental and communication coaching uh, but that was taking up a lot of my time it's an hour drive to and from plus you know I work about four hour shifts uh, usually late at night so I'm missing a lot of my family time uh, or working at Western so that had been stressing me out because I loved working with those students. I really, really did. There was one student that graduated, or there was two students that graduated last year, but I had one that stayed with me and we had uh, three new great students that were really, really awesome. And it just, I felt obligated to want to keep working with them at least until the end of the semester, but it didn't pan out that way. Um, I got to hang out with them one last time. I'm going to be stopping by to drop off some of my stuff that I kept at home. Uh, but yeah, that had been stressing me out and it sort of just worked itself out. Now I'm done with my duties at Albion. Uh, I'm still going to be talking to the people. The, the director is someone that um, I respect and uh, hope for the best for. So of course, I'm going to be helping them out. Hopefully, you know, they'll come to the arena and check it out, of course, because that would be really awesome. I love showing people the arena. I, it's like a point of pride for me. You know, I put a lot of effort over the years since 2018 into that arena and into the program. So it's really cool uh, that even though I stepped up for my duties, my current job still connects me with them and also you know the internet connects me with them 
and also this podcast. Apparently, some of the students at different colleges that I've or, or high schools that I've worked at uh, listen to this. So if you are listening to this, you're one of those students. Uh, I appreciate you. <laughs> it's weird to me. I, I didn't know that until like one of my most recent episodes about you know I got my my dream job back. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. But nonetheless, let's move on to the next topic. The next big thing I want to talk about, something that I'm incredibly, incredibly nervous about and excited about is this event, this individual performance and optimization keynote presentation by Edward Cleland. It is an event that we are holding. It is on Friday, November 11th at the arena. Uh, I'll put a link in the description if you guys are local and you want to check it out. Uh, but his name is Edward Cleland. I think I talked about this at least once. It may not have because it wasn't official, but everything is official now. The marketing has started. The registration is up. It is a free event. Uh, and this guy is a health and wellness practitioner, right? Uh, he works with the top teams in the nation, maybe the world. I don't know if that's if he only works with American teams, but he works with EG, Evil Geniuses, 100 Thieves, NRG, uh, I believe Rogue and Complexity and a few other teams as well. So he's worked with a lot of the top level players, like the best of the best in esports. Uh, and he's also an alumnus. He, he graduated from Western years ago and now he wants to come back. He's doing his pro bono. I've had several conversations with him, which I wish I had recorded because there were some great conversations that could have been on this podcast. And I, I, I kick myself a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> I'll have some live content. And if I can, I'm going to take some of that conversation uh, from the keynote and put it here because it's actually not just a keynote it's going to be the keynote followed by me having sort of a podcast version of a conversation live with him like a panel discussion but just me and him uh, then followed by some q a and we should be streaming the whole entire thing live on twitch.tv slash the wmu esports uh but then I i'm going to try to take some of that and i'll put it on this podcast sometime if i get everything edited it might be a while uh I mean, obviously the event is in november on the 11th but uh, it might take a little longer to get everything edited and whatnot. But I'm really excited about it. But also, it's the biggest event I've ever done in terms of non-tournament stuff. Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous. Like the summer camps were probably the most thing, the biggest thing I was nervous for before this, uh, outside of like hosting tournaments. But now I feel way more comfortable with tournaments. I have a process for production and planning and all that kind of stuff. We know how to do it. My staff knows how to do it. I feel really comfortable with that. You know, there's still, of course, nerves and excitement. But this is something out of my comfort zone. Like I'm gonna be walking on stage, hopefully to a packed arena and introducing the guest and the event and then having a conversation with him, uh, you know, trying to hold my own and mediating that conversation and helping with the Q&A if need be. So it's it's a big step forward for me in terms of my career and my achievements. It, it's something that in a way, I hadn't really thought about this, but it's one of my goals I had you know, wanted to do. I wanted to be a public speaker and this isn't my event, right? So it's not like, I'm the highlight of the event, but I am a key component in that event. So I feel nervous, but excited. Like I know I can rise to the occasion. So I'm you know, thinking about it in my head. I'm trying to get everything written down so I can translate it to the student staff and everything. Uh, but yeah, so that's the biggest thing that's coming up that I'm incredibly excited for. Again, links in the description down below. Uh, it is a free event, but we would love if you RSVP just so that we can get a head count in case we get some food sponsors and stuff like that would be a huge help. Thank you guys so much in advance for that. And I look forward to seeing you at that event. All right, so the next thing is I'll do Rocket League updates. I, I wanna get the updates from the other teams, but I coach and I'm responsible for the Rocket League team specifically, and I'm pretty proud of these guys. Uh, so we are in the MAC League, the MAC, it's a uh, mid Midwestern American Conference, something like that. Uh, it's the same league that, you know, middle midwestern football teams play in and such same team that uh 
same league that WMU plays in and other colleges like Akron and such. Uh, we are in the playoffs. We did our, our seven weeks of round robin and uh, we ranked third place. Uh, the only teams that ranked higher than us are Ball State and Akron. And mainly, <laughs> no shade to these teams, but they got pros on their teams. They got some people who are actually, you know, either were or are in ROCS, I believe, and uh, are also in CRL right now, which, I mean, that's a collegiate rock league, so I wouldn't really count that one as a pro series. Uh, but these guys are killers. They've been the best of the best in the, in the league for a while. Uh, so I'm really proud of our team. I think we can get top four. Uh, the first school we will be playing is NEU. I think that's Northeastern University, something like that. Um, and then after that, if we win, we'll probably play Ball State. If I look at the bracket correctly, uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be the ones that win. And then, of course, on the other side of the bracket, we have Akron. So we, we managed to avoid Akron. Uh, Akron and Ball State were the two colleges that beat us. And uh, so we're going to have to be facing them. And I think it's a single elimination tournament. So we got our first game. Play against NEU, then after that, probably Ball State, see how we do. It's going to be a slugfest, but if we can get through that one, then we probably will be playing Akron after that. Uh, so I'm really excited to see that. Next game is going to be on this Wednesday. We'll be streaming that at 8 p.m. Uh, we stream every every 8 p.m., but this is going to be the last Wednesday stream until the league, which I believe that next Saturday is going to be the finals and the semifinals. Semifinals, then the finals. So stay tuned for that, for updates. I'll try to update you guys on here, but also on our Twitter, at uh, WMU Esports. That's where we're going to post all of our actual WMU updates, so you don't have to follow me specifically. You can just follow the, the Western uh, Esports account. So that's most of the updates. Outside of that, it's just me learning the job and, and you know trying to get better at it, working on this podcast and trying to get more consistent. Uh, but in terms of updates, that's all we have for right now. But let's jump into what I'm listening to. Before things got a little too crazy for me, I had a segment where I talked about the audiobooks that I'm listening to. I love audiobooks, in case you guys don't know that, in case you're new to this show. Uh, I've had Audible for like 10 years now. I don't think I've ever let the account lapse unless I was like just super broke. Um, and I, I've been using it for a long time. I probably have close to 100 books, most of those being self-development. Uh, but during this pandemic, I've been sort of just trying to shut my brain off a little bit. I still listen to books like The Inner Game of Tennis. I'm re-listening to that one. I've talked about that in a prior episode, and I hope to go into more uh, in-depth with that in the future with uh, Gator Mellon. I want to have him back on the show and talk about that. But what I've been listening to right now, it's a genre called lit RPG, like literary RPGs. It's almost like an isekai, if you know what that is, uh, where it's like an RPG, like a dot .hack. Imagine dot .hack or, or Ready Player One. Those would be considered lit RPGs. Uh, and this one I'm listening to is called Overtaken Online. Uh, it's about this character who, by selling a lot of stuff, you know, personal belongings, paid like $300,000 to go into this VR game that's like super realistic. Uh, you know, he met some people. He got thrown into a area he shouldn't have been really early on having to fight his way out of there uh learning about the ai the ai seems very very advanced um and you know almost sentient it's just really i love that kind of stuff you know of course there's leveling up and items and stuff like that their stats status ailments it's like very much an rpg but written and uh it's pretty much just it's an audiobook right it is a talk instead of reading it I, I stay pretty active in different ways, so it's nice to have something to kind of keep me company when I'm working on things that are a little bit uh, more boring. And this has been what I've been listening to. There's like a four book comp compilation 
right? I think it, you can buy the physical version. I had a friend named, I call him Chef, my, my friend online. Uh, he bought the physical copy. I think he's probably already done. I'm on book two. It's pretty interesting. There's some some gripes I have about it. I won't go into depth this episode. Maybe I'll do like a full breakdown of it once I finish it. Uh, but I will say it's not for everyone. The main character is definitely uh, a guy from like the 80s sort of thing. Like there's, there's some things that I think would be considered not super PC the way he conducts himself. Uh, but I also believe this character it's a believable way he conducts himself. Like it's, it's relatable to younger versions of myself. Like who I am now, not relatable, but who I've been in the past, kind of relatable. I understand sort of like Ready Player One was the same way. Like the, the way the character acts, he's like 17. He acted like a 17 year old uh, in an era where like I, I grew up, where society wasn't as evolved socially or intellectually so i really appreciate the book i'm not sure how i feel about it i'm going to do like a, a write a write-up of this book uh, i kind of want to get back into reviews it's a side thing so it's not a high priority for me but just to get it out of my system to talk about it so that said if you're interested in audiobooks and you haven't started listening to audiobooks yourself what i would recommend is going to tvnapier.com audible you will get a free trial there's no cost to you and i don't get anything out of it unless you wind up keeping it and I think you have to keep it for at least three months. So it's, it's I really don't care about the money. Uh, it's a good thing if I do get it, but it's, I love Audible. It's like the one consistent affiliate that I utilize. It's something that you guys might enjoy and there's no harm to you if you don't keep it, right? You try it out, you don't pay any money. You don't like it, you get rid of it. You do like it, you pay like what? 11 bucks a month or something like that. And you get one free book a month plus discounts on certain books that are exclusive to uh, Audible. So it's a pretty good situation, in my opinion. It's really great. It's really, really great. I love it. Um, I really recommend it. TVNapier.com slash audible if you want a free trial. Now, on to the main topic. My guest's name was Ecstasy. Uh, I think I met him originally on one of my streams on when I was streaming on YouTube. I was streaming Cyberpunk and maybe DNF Duel. It might have been DNF Duel the first time he stopped by. Um, I, I feel like I might have talked to him on Twitter. I don't remember where we originally touched bases, but we kind of just kept in contact. He kept stopping by my streams, uh, even when I was streaming Cyberpunk on twitch.tv slash philosopher or on youtube.com slash philosopher. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of kept talking about stuff and he had a few topics that he wanted to talk about. And I thought that was really interesting. And what I'll do is if you wanted to skip to the conversation, uh, to certain points in the conversation, timestamps will be listed below. But we talk about a, a variety of topics. We talked about how he got started into fighting games. I love this question. I love hearing about how people got into fighting games, why they still play it, what level they are at, you know, competition, casual, commentator, career, like where are they at with fighting games? I love hearing about that kind of stuff. Then we delve into thoughts on Street Fighter 6. You know, we talked about the beta. When we recorded this, the beta, I think, had just dropped or was about to drop. Uh, I didn't get into it, so I'm a little bummed about that one, but hey, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to hold any grudge against Capcom or anything, you know? <laughs> uh, but no, the next topic we talk about is why do people leave fighting games? Uh, this has been a consistent challenge for the FGC for a long time, for a lot of people who play fighting games. I've seen it a lot in my community and other FGCs. People stop playing fighting games, and there's a wide variety. There's no right answer, but specifically when it comes to games being too difficult. That's sort of the main theme of this particular topic, because there's a lot of reasons why people leave fighting games, but in regards to why do people leave fighting games when they hit a plateau or hit a wall, that's what we delve into more specifically. I also share my gripe with tier lists. Uh, if you know me, then you probably already have heard this, but I share my gripe with him about tier lists and you get to hear his reaction to it. Uh, I won't go into it right now, but yes, I feel a certain type of way about how people interact with tier lists. Uh, then I also talk about how Rocket League and fighting game players have 
this in common, a specific thing in common when it comes to uh, what I've recognized in Rocket League in coaching and also in playing fighting games. So that's a pretty interesting topic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Uh, and then the last thing that we talk about is Project L, uh, his thoughts on it and how I think it's going to affect the FGC and sharing those thoughts with him. It was a really fun conversation. I'm going to have him on at some point again. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I love having more conversations with the FGC. So if you're interested, it doesn't matter if you're a big name person or just you know new to the fighting games, reach out to me. If you have some interesting topics you'd like to talk about and I feel like we're a good fit, then we can have you on the show and talk about this stuff in more depth. Thank you guys so much and I hope you enjoy the show. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into fighting games? Um, like, where where do you lie, competitive or fun? What kind of what kind of thing are you into for fighting games? Ooh, that takes me. That takes me back. I think my love for fighting games first started when I got a Game Boy. Um, the first fighting game that I ever played was called. It was called. Uh, and it's gonna take a lot of people back. It's called Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors. It was uh, possibly the best Game Boy game. Dragon Ball in my opinion and I just I got so enamored with trying out different characters and the combos especially uh my favorite was a uh, Cell and Vegeta in that game and for what it was just to be such a small game it had like a good story too so that also attracted me into it but definitely um being from that time a lot of people don't know that that was actually the first team uh Dragon Ball fighting game like the, everyone thinks that Dragon Ball Fighters is actually the first one. Nah, it was all the way back in Game Boy. It was Dragon Ball Super Sonic Warriors. You could have three people, or even two, and you would just uh, power up that one character if you wanted to have like a small team. But that was where it all started. Um, in terms of like where I stand in terms of competitiveness or you know casual play, I'm more of like a competitive casual. I'll, if I'm with my friends or anything like that, I'm definitely gonna be like you know hyping everybody up i get hyped myself mm -hmm. you know that anxious feeling starts boiling up inside you when you like pull off some crazy combos show a, show a couple stuff you've been working on and uh stuff like that but i definitely consider myself a competitive casual okay and what uh what fighting games are you into right now um right now it's dragon ball fighters i was on guilty gear strive but i kind of gave up too and i say that because i didn't the thing about fighting games for me is you gotta have a character that you really mesh with. If you don't have that, then you're kind of like lost and you're just playing characters. You don't have much of a of a drive to like learn how that character works. And I didn't really have one. The closest thing to it was Leo, but it just wasn't sticking for me that much. But yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters is definitely what I'm with right now, especially with rollback coming out. Uh, yeah. Soon. True, true, true. That's a good game to get into right now. For, pe for people who don't know, yes, uh, Rollback is coming to uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, which is good. There's a lot of games that are getting Rollback, actually. So that's that's good to see that older games are getting supported still. That's really awesome. Yeah, there's Fighters. There's uh, Rev 2 and uh, Rev 1 got, uh, yeah, extra 2. Mm -hmm. They uh, got confirmed. Uh, cross Tag has it, Blast Blue Cross Tag. They even went in as back as uh, Plus R, Guilty Gear. And that's like way way back then mm -hmm. uh i think with rev 2 and rev 1 that just leaves uh grand blue fantasy right <laughs> yeah yeah grand blue fantasy yeah. and, and uh and tekken <laughs> Te <laughs> yeah i don't think tekken's gonna get it though yeah i don't think tekken is getting it either at least not by what i've seen i don't i don't see any like signs or leaks that they're trying to implement it 
I think I think Tekken thrives more from its local tournament play. I think that's where they get most of their publicity instead of online. Yeah, I would kind of agree to that. I, I hope that Tekken 8 is different. Like, I, I hope, I mean, I'm, online is, is always going to be a thing. Offline is always going to be a thing. Uh, and I, I feel like there should be a healthy mixture of the two. Like, if you can have good netcode, you should have good netcode. But that doesn't mean that the offline scene, the in-person scene should ever go away. Because uh, I think Tekken's one of those games where, like, just overall the crowd is very hype. You have Tasty Steve. Um, you have Eris as personality. You have the whole Detroit scene. I'm close to Detroit, so, like, they're all very, very loud and vocal. Uh, that, exactly. that should never really go away. But uh, as someone, like, for me... A lot of fighting games at this point are more work than anything else. Like, I coach fighting games for colleges and stuff like that. Um, and I'm getting into Tekken because I have a student that plays Tekken. So I would love to see, you know, good, consistent netcode so I can either watch him play online matches or we can play matches uh, remotely from my house rather than driving an hour to go to one of the schools that I work for. So, yeah, I, I hope they do that for personal, for selfish reasons, I hope they do. Yeah, I, I'll say this, though. The ones that do play Tekken, they are, I, I salute all of them. That game, I, I tried it. I went to the command list and I saw a book of commands for one character. I was like, what is all this, dude? Oh, I was man. like, give me, give me like five, give me like five combos and I'm good. I'll, I'll yeah. figure some stuff out. But when I saw like there was a catalog for one character, I was like, ooh. Yeah, that's actually a good segue to go into. I wasn't going to mention this before, but you just made me think about it. Um, do you know who Ernesto Lopez is? I know the name, but I can't remember much about it. Uh, essentially, he's a YouTuber that covers a lot of fighting game stuff. So he'll cover some of the fighting game drama or conversations, a lot of the stuff happening in the Twitterverse. Uh, mm. And someone specifically talked about Tekken 7 or Tekken the series as a whole. Uh, I can't remember the exact sentiment, but the guy was saying that Tekken 7 is one of the hardest games in the world and like it, like one of the hardest fighting games and like was sort of being frustrated about how hard Tekken was as a game and why it's not going to succeed. And um, then some of the Tekken players got mad and that kind of stuff. And there's a part that I agree with that Tekken is a very, very hard game. Um, I don't think it's the hardest of all the fighting games personally. I think it's just one of the most overwhelming because you have so many options to go from. Um, but I guess if you can delve a little bit more into like how hard do you think Tekken is versus other fighting games and like where does that lie with you and deterring you from playing that game? Um, in terms of modern fighting games nowadays, where, where I put like, you know, the Dragon Ball Fighters, the Guilty Gear Strives, the, uh, the Blast Through Cross Tech. Now, I'll say that this is more modern now with the rollback update. The, um, what else? The DNF Duel. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like games like that, Tekken is way more technical it takes a lot more uh ambition to really want to stay with it and for i think i've heard that tekken doesn't have the best training mode i think that's what i've been hearing it's gotten better for sure they've added yeah, a lot okay. more features to it yeah yeah but in terms of that i'd say it's hard it's a lot it's a lot harder to me mm -hmm. my uh my problem with the okay, so I'm a Street Fighter fan, a major Street Fighter fan. I got shirts, I got uh, uh, a console skin for my PS4, but I don't have any more. Um, so you already know the first character I gravitated towards was Kuma. He he was he was definitely the first one I gravitated towards. When I saw that you could do like way more than what was given to him in Street Fighter, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I got the basis of the Tatsu, I got the basis of the Shoryu. But then I see I go to these videos and these guys are doing like crazy wall combos. And everything with the kuma and i'm like okay how do i do that and then when i go to the video to see how to do that i just see like a whole catalog again of what i was supposed to press with. i'm like 
God dang, man. Like, this is, it's, 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 it's too much. I think people are getting a lot more impatient too. Yeah. With how to like, um, learn combos and learn, like, you know, especially neutral and, uh, and stuff like that. People are getting a lot more impatient. That's why a lot of, that's why Guilty Gear Strive and, um, the end of the duel a little bit more flashy in terms of what you can do, especially, uh, Berserk and, um, Berserker and, uh, uh, Ghostblade in uh, DNA mm-hmm. Duel and Swiftmaster. And uh, I think people are just like, you know, if you're gonna like give us all this stuff, make it a lot more like if you're gonna give people a lot of information, make it easy to uh, access and actually learn. Like, make it, but don't make it too much. It's it's a hard balance. It's like trying to like make it complex, but also make it easy and accessible without being frustrating. Yeah, I, I would say, so I came from DOA, actually. I played a lot of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat when I was a kid, but one of the games that I played the most from, like, DOA 2 to DOA 4 was, like, like that That game, spent. I spent a lot of time playing that game online with uh, really good players. Uh, so I grinded that game for a good while until I, sw- I finally, like, dropped it in 5, uh, DOA 5 and 6. Uh, I still play from time to time. So, but my point is that I played a lot of 3D fighters. Uh, I played a little bit of Soul Calibur here and there, and and Tekken for me, it it felt very different from DOA. But I was still used to the concept of how the game worked. Um, it wasn't that much harder, and the way that most of the physics of the game worked were the same. You know, there's low crushes, high crushes, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. The the parry system was a little bit different, but same concept of being able to anticipate what the person's going to press. Um, and also the biggest thing is that there's a bajillion different combos that your character can do or strings that your character can do. So I, in some sense, was used to the concept of being able to do a bunch of strings, but I found that because I wasn't as interested in Tekken, it didn't feel as good. It felt more stiff than DOA to me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, one of the things I realized is that the game is just overwhelming with how much stuff your character can do, and they don't really show you what is and isn't good and even if you do, it's like, why do I still have all of these things? What are they for? So I don't think the game itself is hard, but I think they give you so much to work with that it, it, it to me, it feels like the game is overwhelming. And if you're not already a Tekken player and you don't have that legacy knowledge, it can be a lot to get into. But I think if people reduce, like what I did, I looked online, what are the best pokes? What are the best strings? And then what combos can I do? And that has gotten me fairly far from just using some of my other legacy knowledge from like, you know, footsies and spacing with punishing, that sort of thing that, you know, that goes to every single fighting game. It got a lot simpler in my head. And for me, learning Tekken is more for work. So I'm motivated financially to do it. Um, But I still see like just that experience from my point of view looking at it and and being a nerd about fighting games it's like yeah there's still so much like when i'm teaching somebody new it's like don't look at the whole list because you're just going to overwhelm yourself like let's look online on pre-existing information let's not reinvent the wheel other people have tutorials we'll look at that then we'll learn how to do those things and and go from there so yeah I, i would agree that tekken is a very hard game but i think the biggest issue is that it's just too much information without really a good way to ease into it because it's a little bit archaic with its uh tutorials and stuff like that true and, and that's that's the thing a lot of people are uh if you a lot of people that join fighting games are perfectionists they want to learn the entire character everything that they could do have it all down pat so they know you know i'm not going in here blind but like it, learning half of a character is like it, it, what's what's the point <laughs> yeah it feels weird it really does yeah it goes against my nature. It's like, I want to know what all the things do, but like, that's too much time. Like, I got a kid. <laughs> I got two jobs. Uh, I make, you know, I do this podcast. It's like, nah, I, I can't do that. So like, for me personally, yeah, it. I used to be that way. And that's why I never played Tekken was that exact 
part of that was exactly why I didn't play. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit here and memorize all these things because there's too much. But then I'm also being told that I can only I only need to use part of it. It just feels like I'm playing in like incomplete. It, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right for like sure. Like an incomplete game, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked about Street Fighter a little bit. We hinted to that. And you said you're a Street Fighter player. So I'm curious to know how you feel about Street Fighter 6. <laughs> Ooh. I am very, very, very excited for that one. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, what I love the most about it is that they're bringing the MMO type of uh, mm -hmm. gameplay into a fighting game. Like, that's that's a bit unheard of to me. Because, like, create your own characters, learn from the actual characters of the original cast, and be able to go out. And the fact that the, the open world is a stage itself, like, you can go out, uh, find somebody that's, like, walking around, and you can fight them right then and there. That's, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And... I think another thing that was awesome is that I think I don't know if I saw a small clip of this that you could play like the older Street Fighter games within that game. Hmm. I think I saw that too as well. And um, in the big dome area that they showed is like a big uh, oh, big like stadium the, the area hub or whatever. Yeah, there was some arcade machines, and I saw a Street Fighter two, and I think I saw Alpha three in there. I can see that. I can see that like the older yeah. ones, like the two D ones. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were playing that, and then it showed on the big screen as well that you could have, like, in-hub in tournaments. And it shows on, like, the big screen as well. People could sit in the bleachers and watch the whole, the entire fight of that same arcade machine, which is which is very, that's that, that's huge for me. The only part that I'm hoping for is that we get Third Strike in one of the old games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. But, um, but I think this is definitely a major step especially with doing a cross play and rollback on the beta which is a very massive massive step in the extremely good direction they confirmed rollback yeah mm -hmm. it is confirmed oh. a rollback and a cross play for um okay for, wow. for just the beta too i didn't hear about the cross play i mean i assumed about the cross play but it's, it's good to hear that i have like the last couple of weeks, I haven't kept up with it, but I've seen like um, Vesper Arcade uh, posting a lot of videos. Um, so I, I apply for the beta. I'm hoping I get into it though. Uh, I'm looking me forward too. to it. Me too. I would definitely love to run some matches with you, my dude. Because I, <laughs> yeah, I for one am very excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the best looking character when I. Oh, get who are you gonna play? <laughs> um, I think who I'm gonna learn from is definitely gonna be Ryu in there. Mm. But Wait, are they doing I like the open world thing as part of the beta? Or is it just like the I fighting? I think so. I, mm. I think they are gonna. Uh, no, it's it's gonna be one. Of the, it's gonna let us do the open world, and we're gonna have like limited access to it. Or it's just gonna be you know the normal cast of the characters and get to pick, go online and play. I think it's definitely gonna be uh, the latter though. That'll be cool. And I was mm -hmm. gonna say earlier, like so, one of my favorite genres growing up was the beat 'em up, like side scrolling beat 'em up, Street of Rage, Final Fight, oh yeah, Bad yeah, yeah, Dudes, yeah. River City <laughs> Ransom, all that good stuff, and it. I don't think it's going to be day one, but my my hope, my tinfoil hat hope, is that they add a co-op, like, beat-em-up mode to the game. Because it basically already have it. They showed a couple of scenes where that it's is. basically 2D. So I'm hoping it they is. add the co-op. Wait, what? I do know that it's gonna. there's a Streets of Rage type mode. I don't know it's, if it's going to be co-op, though. Because I definitely yeah. saw... Uh, I think it was a scene where the character was in the, uh, a train station. Subway. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was going through just uh, beating up dudes with the normal move that you can use in a side-by-side -side, um actual fighting game i was like yo they're putting everything in this game and i love it 
Yeah, I I hope they just make it co-op. I don't, I don't know. For me, it's just like growing up, Sega Genesis, regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, um, that genre of game I grew up uh, playing a lot of hours playing those ty types of games. So I, I would love for them to just stick in some co-op in there. That'd be great. I'll be true. I'll be honest. The only part I'm afraid of is like, how are they going to top this? Like how, how <laughs> it's, it's so much being added. Open yeah. world, CAC, uh, beat em up type style of a, of a fighting side by side you can learn from the masters in game tournaments you can play the old emula emulated games that's that's a lot to top man well so here's my thought on that right i have talked about this for a while and i i use the term the league leagueification of games um league of legends specifically I, I think that you're going to see, I could be wrong, but I think you're going to see more fighting games going that route where, you know, look at Overwatch, for example. Overwatch is doing this weird thing where it's doing Overwatch 2, but it's going to be free to play and also syncs with Overwatch 1. Like if you have, if you already bought Overwatch 1, uh, you already have the characters and stuff like that. League of Legends has been updating itself. So League, where it is now, isn't the same thing as where it was like 10, 20, 10, 15 years ago. Um, a lot of games are doing more of the uh, online what is it, online service or whatever it is and yeah street fighter 5 could never have been that game because it was too bare bones and i spent so much time catching up um and in my opinion i love fighting games but if you compare a fighting game to other fully fledged like games it is incredibly lackluster with what they provide for 60 dollars uh, whereas this game feels like you're getting your money's worth most other fighting games unless you're competitive and you're playing to compete for tournaments and stuff like that, you're not getting your money's worth out of the game. Um, so now they're actually doing more than the bare minimum. <laughs> and I do agree that it's going to be hard to top that, but I think Street Fighter Six could be that game where uh, they can continue to update it to where, like, yeah, they could do Street Fighter Seven, but, like, it's not very unheard of for a fighting game to go street fighter 6 street fighter 6 ex mode street fighter 6 black belt edition hyper fighter right so they, yeah. they can extend that even further than they've already done in the past and that's already normalized for people who play other games outside of fighting games um so many genres do that look at a uh, call of duty warzone for example um they they've been merging that with the different versions of call of duty that they have so i, I think i could be wrong but just from following a lot of esports that tends to be the trend that you see with a lot of these games and they're definitely doing esports that definitely could happen. I mean, look at a Street Fighter Alpha Three, Street Fighter, uh, Super Street Fighter Four, Street Fighter Four, Ultra Street Fighter Four. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a norm. Other side, yeah. like, yeah. So I could definitely see that. I can definitely see that. And it's already cross plat or cross play. So, um, you know, the first one was too, but this time it's going to be on Xbox, I believe, as well. Uh, so they have a bigger audience that's not going to be gate kept. Uh, so I, I do think that it could go that route. Uh, but in terms of the, the competitive mode, right? The versus mode. What characters are you looking at? Um, I'll be honest. <laughs> Everybody has their eyes on Ken. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to know yeah. what is going on with with the man Ken. If, is he working for this place? Is he undercover? What what happened with the family? Is they have a little bit of information on that one? Oh, they do. Uh, I, yeah, I yeah. So what I know so far, and this is funny. I'm on I'm on a podcast calling this out because everyone thought that like he lost his job and he got divorced and like he lost a kid. And I was like, no, I think he got screwed over and get kicked out of the company. And that's basically what happened. It's like someone framed him for a crime and now he's on the run. So he's he's away from his family to protect them. From what I understand, that's like part of the little blurb in his uh, on the website or whatever. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. he got framed for something. I'm guessing it's Shadowloo or whoever the new villain is of this this new organization. Um, so now he's 
I would imagine he's looking to see who who screwed him over and try to get revenge. Maybe he's looking for like Ryu as well along the way to like gather some allies. Uh, so I, I feel like his he's way different from other character in terms of like the storyline. Like he he just has the most dramatic change. Uh, so yeah. I think he could be a key player in the overall story. Plus, I think he's one of the only few characters I haven't seen be a master uh, in the in the like the single player mode that you see. I've seen Ryu, I've seen Dalsum, I've seen Blanca, I've seen Chun Li, um, from the from the World Warriors at least. Um, I don't think I've seen Zangief yet, but I would be I would be very surprised if he wasn't one. And I would I be think too. That's everybody that I've seen so far that's been announced. But Ken, I haven't seen anything in terms of teaching from Ken. It's still possible, uh, but maybe he's like an unlock later on in the storyline or something like that. Yeah, but the one that I'm, I would say that I'm keeping my eye on is definitely Akuma, because I have not seen. Mm. I, I've tried finding videos, but I have not seen anything on him except a character design. I, I don't know yeah. where he is. I don't know what he's doing. They might hold him for DLC again. I don't know. He's a he's a fan favorite. There's no way he's not going to be in the game, but I don't know if he's going to be a day one character. I, uh, maybe. It'd be cool if they did. He, he, I feel like if he's not any better than the Street Fighter V version, I feel like not a lot of people are going to... Well, yeah, they are. It's, it's a coma. They're, they're going to buy him, even if he is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's a coma. It, it, it don't matter. <laughs> he's too much of a moneymaker, in my opinion. Like from Coming from a background of game development and like game sales, I, I, mean, I would personally love that he would be in the game day one but he's a money maker and capcom like even though they're going i think they're going really good with this game they're being very public about like how they're working on the game they're way less tight-lipped and old old game developer old japanese game developer they're really like modernizing how they interact with their community um but at the same time it's a business and sure. akuma is a money maker uh sagat is a money maker i think M. Bison could be a money maker because they're probably going to introduce a new villain um i kind of hope they do but I also hope they put Bison in there for other people. I hate Bison, but um, I like when they put characters in there that other people want. So I don't really, my bias doesn't really matter with that kind of character. Or Vega, for example. I don't know. I don't think Vega's a moneymaker. I think they might put him in day one if they're going to put him in. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that one. Yeah, I think Vega's definitely a, a character that should be default. Granted, he has he has a small following, which which I was enamored by. But I think he definitely needs to stay at default. Now, in terms of characters I wish would come back, which I know they probably won't, mm. uh, is two characters, and they're from uh, Third Strike. Sean and Q. They gotta put Sean in there, man. They got to. Yeah. Oh, they don't put Sean in there. I'm gonna be a little salty, I'll be honest. Uh, and Dudley. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was three. Dudley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about Dudley. I, I think his last appearance was Street Fighter 4, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, his, his last appearance Street Fighter 4. But the, the thing that hints at it for me, at least uh, for even Hugo to come back, is like, uh, if you remember in Street Fighter V, there, I don't know if you didn't remember uh, the character 12 yeah. from uh, uh, yeah, Third Strike. There's a character called Eleven in Street Fighter V, where um, he's like, he does the same thing that happens if you pick a, the random question mark. He just switches into a character that mm -hmm. uh, out of random choice from the system. But seeing that, I'm like, okay. We may have a chance of like either Sean, Q, uh, Dudley, Hugo. Point. I don't even know if Poison's in there. Is she, is she in there? Well, it, the the story takes place in Metro City, from what I understand. So I, I think she'd at least make appearance. There's, I think there's gonna be a lot of final fight characters in this game, um, potentially. But because yeah, I, I know, I know, I know Alex is confirmed. Hugo's been in the background, I think. 
I've seen Hugo in the background. Um, I didn't know Alice was confirmed, but yeah, I, I would not be surprised if we don't see some Metro City characters like Hugo, uh, Abigail. I, I'm curious to see Hagar because uh, he's Hagar. the only one that hasn't. <laughs> he's the only Final Fighter that hasn't been in Street Fighter yet. He's been in a fighting game. He's been in, in Marvel, but he hasn't been in a Street Fighter yet. Guy, True. Lucia, and Cody, uh, Cody, Cody have all been in the game. I think that's everybody. Okay. I don't think I'm yeah, Guy, Cody, Poison, Yuko. Yeah, it's, it's just Abigail. Hagar. Yeah. I think um, Hugo got replaced by Abigail and Street Fighter Five. Yeah. So yeah, which I was really I was really upset about. I was like, where are you going? I see Poison. Who is this dude? <laughs> I had a friend that played Hugo that slapped me up in five or four. So I, I was happy that he wasn't in it, but I also despise Abigail <laughs> just as much. Oh my god. There's um <laughs> we do these online tournaments uh every Monday, and there's this guy named uh Blarlad. I think he's mm -hmm. from California, and he plays V Trigger Two or V Skill Two, Abigail, and it he turns Street Fighter into a bullet hell. <laughs> uh, guy's a menace. He's a menace. <laughs> he pisses off the DR scene a lot because they enter into tournaments too. But yeah, so that, I, I'm I, I would be very happy if Abigail is not in this game because he he's a terror. I'd rather have Hugo back for sure. Oh, most uh, definitely. I'm looking forward That's to Jamie, though. I, I will say I'm going to play Ken. I'm going to mess with Ken because he's been my my main until Street Fighter Five, where I just couldn't get into him. Um, mm -hmm. But Jamie, I'm a sucker for drunken boxing. And the character just looks sick. And he has like the Super Saiyan, like, hair goes down sort of thing. Yeah. I got to play the character. Um, uh, yeah, he looks fun. He looks kind of like a, I played Yun and Yang in 5 or 4 as yeah, well. Yeah, that that's who he reminds me of. I was like, okay, is this like a cousin of Yun Yang? Like... I don't think it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure he has ties to them somehow. Like maybe he was taught by Gin or a student of Gin or something like that because he uses a similar style, but he also like integrates his uh, drunk boxing and he has records. So people are thinking that he's related to them somehow. Speaking of that, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you feel about the uh, parry system that's come back? I don't know. Um, I tend to not do very well with the parry system, but I like the parry system. So it would be it would kind of be a good chance for me to try to get better at it. Uh, I do feel like that's one of those skills that is going to be gatekeepy in terms of higher level gameplay, but I don't think it's necessary for lower level gameplay. Um, but well, it allows if we're talking about competitive like esports um, type of environment, I think it's good because it's going to create a lot more you know, moment, Evo moment 23 or whatever, it's going to cause a lot more of those situations where like, okay, the parries, every character has access to the parry now. Uh, so there's this equal footing of, I know what you're going to do and I'm going to parry it and take this huge risk. So I think it's going to be exciting from like a commentary tournament organizer point of view, but I think it's going to be one of those things that's very frustrating and will gatekeep certain players from getting to that, that upper echelon of, of skill. True, about you? true. I personally am extremely happy that it's, it's coming back because, you know, Third Strike being my favorite Street Fighter, uh, all I was like, the only character that I played in Street Fighter Five was Ryu, only because he had that parry as his um as his V skill, mm -hmm. and I think that kind of made like a good home for me in terms of the game. I think that's the only thing that kept me tied to it, despite its abysmal netcode. But yeah, I think the, the fact that it's back is very good. Now, what I don't like is uh, I saw that it's like a frame one parry. Which is like very, very, very fast. So like people are like, I've seen videos. People are doing it on wake up, like as soon as they stand up. Even if it's a, if they're hit with a meaty, 
Like say um say you had Ken try to hit uh, Ryu with a meat, he just got a hard knockdown, right? Yeah. As soon as a uh, Ryu gets up, even if the even if Ken's foot is like inside his body, he can still period on wake up. And I was like, ooh. Do you know that, the, the the wide the active frames are of the parry? It's as soon as it's as soon as they move. No, but I mean like the the window. How is it like ten frames long, two frames long? Do we know that yet? Uh no, I do not know that yet. I need to do some more research on that. But they from what I saw, there. from what I saw, it was a a Maximilian do video. Um, he was watching. I think it was. It wasn't a developer, um, fight. At least I don't think so. But I think it was the character that. No, it's not the character you want to play. It's the new girl, the uh, black girl with the long Kim? ponytails. I think it is. I think I think that's her name. It was her versus a Ryu, and she did a meaty. And the leg, his her leg was already fully extended with active frames on Ryu's body while he was getting up. And as soon as he got up, the parry just happened right there. I was like, whoa. So like if that doesn't get changed, that takes out like the whole dangers of worrying about, you know, meaty hits on wake up. Because if the parry is so quick, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to think about. Cause in, in Third Strike, I think it was a two-frame startup. Uh, and it had a five frame window but like five frames isn't that wide so if i'm assuming if they're using like similar to counter strike or uh, third strike logic then it's going to be about five frames maybe three to to seven frames seven being on the super high end um there's still going to be skill required at the lower level like i, I don't think you're going to have wake up parries I, i'm it might have been bots that you're watching because there's been a lot of bot matches online but there also have been more matches being uploaded so i don't i don't know for sure um but i think it's going to take a certain level of skill to time your parry um on wake up unless like there's something very very simple with it and then like that's going to be kind of a must but the thing is when you do a wake up parry uh unless the input i'm assuming the input is forward to parry right am i wrong on that or is it a button yeah okay yeah. so you're you're basically assuming that they're going to press a button it's kind of like tekken 7 parries or low parries is that you have to press down forward and tekken but if you guess wrong then you're getting blown up now i think you can only like you can uh either wait and then press a button or you can grab them or i don't know if like the the od system the drive system has other counters for parries or something like that um so i, I think there'd be a lot of counterplay to that sort of thing it's the same thing you saw happen with the v shift I, I think it will be annoying for a certain like maybe gold to, to diamond area that might be an mm -hmm. issue where people don't have that 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 muscle memory and they're fighting people higher than them but i feel like once you get to like diamond and higher then those people are like it's going to be part of the meta and i, I think that's going to be really exciting to see because you're going to walk up and press forward on me okay well i'm just going <laughs> to wait a couple of frames because it's only active for so many frames um and then if you're walking forward then i think i can just press a button and blow you up for that so i think there'd be a lot of counterplay around that so i'm not I'm not super concerned with that that part of it, but I think that's a legitimate concern to to be afraid of that, because uh, it sounds like you're already experienced in the game, so you might come across people who, you know, your peers that can do that sort of thing, but then you just read it and and then you punish them for it. True. The hard there's read. A, yeah. There was also something else I saw. It was uh this was actually a CPU fighting a CPU, hmm. and what I saw was it was a Ryu versus a Ken. No, it was a Guile versus a Guile. And what looked like to me was somebody. So the guy decides to hit the other one. The, that that guy parries it. He's about to attack the other one, and then that guy parries again. It was it was like a weird counter drive move where like 
the second person is going to win that fight if he guesses right. Like always, it it, it was a bit strange to me. I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, if you can find it, I can probably pull it up. Let me see. So I'll just play this in the background while we chat. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I need to do a little bit more research myself on on the systems. Like I, I've heard some of it, but I haven't. Like I don't think it'll click with me until I actually play the game myself because I tend to not. Um, it's not so much spoilers per se, but I think I've just I've spent so long looking at games coming up that I think I just prefer to be surprised. Yeah, exactly. And like I watched this this video was I watched this on a Kizzy K's uh, channel hmm. on his YouTube channel, and I was like, "Yo, did they did he he just parry a parry like that that oh, mess? It's yeah. never like he it's whenever he tucks in and like he's a uh, about to do a move before it." Yes, you can you can parry that if you read it. I don't exactly understand the mechanics, and I think you have to time it properly and have the resources. But yes, you can. It's like I think of it as FADC almost from four. Mm -hmm. So if you if you FADC someone else's FADC, you basically armor through it the active frames, and then you get your turn, and they're still in recovery. So I don't think that's anything new per se. From like if I'm looking at it from a four standpoint, because it looks like the best of four and five and a little bit of uh, or three third strike and four with a little bit of uh, five in there as well. Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Always burnt out or whatever it's called. I don't know where the moment is. Oh what? But it, it was it was in this fight. It was in it was these two characters. I'm uh, these are not bots. These are actually players. It looks like developers probably. I don't see any like high level com uh, combos happening or anything like that. I'm excited about the game though. I I'm I really I I'm excited about it, but I'm also like just because of personal reasons. I'm so busy. I'm like afraid I'm not going to get a chance to like really dig into it like I would like to be able to. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited I'm, for other I'm, people. I'm excited about it too. I'm just. Part of me is like worried that like okay we're getting a lot of beautiful beautiful content exactly what we've needed you know the open world stuff the uh, the CAC stuff the 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 accessibility to everything and to what we can do like that that's amazing but like at the end of the day this is still a fighting game so I f I feel like they need to be extremely careful especially coming off of the um of the reputation of Street Fighter Five. Because if this, I think I just think that I just think they need to be extremely careful with the updates of the characters. Because especially, especially, especially Guile for me, Guile was a massive problem for me in Street Fighter Five because of that one move that he just did. That, <laughs> that, that <laughs> yes, that that flurry hurricane thing. <laughs> yeah, is was 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 annoying to me. The fact that like the gates, okay, now he's got mass projectiles and he's able to like increase the power of his sonic boom by throwing it out and then powering it up was a bit messed up like okay how am i gonna get into this dude if he's gonna just do keep away his v trigger gives him basically key blast like he's a dragon ball character <laughs> i get close to him he's going backflip the fuck out of me i'm like did you play ryu what? that i played ryu kage and uh akuma oh you just you just parry them and you're good to go there you go as, as the thing though as soon as i get i'm like okay like he forced me to get good with uh appearing on Ryu. I'm like, that's why I hate going against Giles in a Street Fighter 5. And to see that he still has that and even more is a little bit disheartening to me. But I'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I felt like my character was a hard counter to Guile. Uh I played Fong and I, I can just go under his projectiles a lot of times. Um so I, I never really had a big issue with playing against Giles, but I can see playing Ryu, you don't really have the shenanigans to to deal with getting under it. So you either have to parry, um, or play very patient unless you have an aggressive guile unless and those are usually dr players and they're usually really good so uh, 
yeah, it's tough, yeah, it's a tough call. The, the aggressor gods are scary. They're they're, they're terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I I have a friend. He um he got extremely good at uh, Street Fighter Five, and he played Guile. He played a lot of a lot of um characters I didn't expect. He played Guile. He played um Yuri um Bison. Yeah, he he played a lot of those characters, but his Guile was terrifying. And like I wanted to learn. I wanted to you know as soon as i would, the thing i hate about it is as soon as i would like figure something out he would switch characters and i'm like okay now i gotta like relearn everything drop what i just learned mm. and try to figure this try to figure this rhythm out but i i hope ryu gets a lot more access to stuff than what he's had because he's been very stubby as far as i'm concerned yeah I, i've heard that complaint from a lot of people and it wasn't until uh what season five to, that he really like came online Mm -hmm. um, so he kind of was towards the tail end of the game and he wasn't super relevant until then. You had to be like an extra, extra try hard to, to get good or to do well with, with Ryu in tournament or online. Yes, you, you had to be a match with the period. If you weren't, uh, you had other shows that were kind of better if you didn't. Yeah, definitely. Especially with, uh, with Kage and Akuma, the teleports, the dive kicks, the flips, all, all that stuff. Yeah. Sakura. Oh yeah. Most definitely Sakura. <laughs> she was pretty strong or she is pretty strong still, I think. Yeah, she's, um, she's still she's still a monster. So you alluded to, to some of this earlier, but I wanted to circle back and, and hit on this because we you talked about uh, in the DMs you talked about why people leave fighting games and, and why they hate them. So I wanted to get Ooh. your your take on that one. Um, like, what what do you think about that topic? Like, why do you think that happened? So in terms of um, experience I've had with people quitting or wanting to come back into fighting games, uh, funny story. I didn't even know about Dragon Fight Ball Fighters for a while until my friend said. Yo, this is a this is new uh, game coming out made by the same people that made Guilty Gear XR Rev Two, which is the game that I started on. Mm. That really got me okay into competitive fighting game. And he introduced me to the game. And I was like, okay, this is this is pretty cool. So here we are, starting at the same level. And I started getting a little bit better, you know, by playing him. And because of that, he decides to quit. So I think, like I said before, people um have grown impatient in terms of um learning uh how to do fighting games just like uh in the words of maximilian we've gotten extremely spoiled and i think people just you know they always ask me this question like how do i get good at fighting games how do i get good at fighting games and they want like the quick solution to everything like stuff has gotten so fast that people just wanted wanted to have it like right then and there right then and there but people don't want to go, go through that learning process and that's, yeah. I think that's what annoys me the most when people complain about, you know, this character sucks or this character is bad or, yeah. you know, why is your character so much better? I'm like, if you, and I tell them all the time, if you sit down and learn the character, you wouldn't have as much of a problem. I've seen people who would complain uh, have, using Super Saiyan Blue, Gogeta, and Dragon Ball Fighters losing to a Super Saiyan Goku and saying this character is bad. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. do you mean this character is bad? bad <laughs> you know like people just i think it's just a giant hurdle yeah i think it's just the you know i think people have this people people play video games to have fun and i think you know learning is not the fun part for a lot of people especially ones yeah. who are starting out and putting in that time yeah exactly Put, putting in that time to like actually figuring out what to do in certain situations yeah and 
that's the part that like it's 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 frustrating but at the same time i can't really be mad at them because i went through the same thing a uh, small story uh i used to play this game called a uh, naruto class of ninja 2 on a uh, gamecube mm. and i only played against uh computers all the time and so you know me i'm always you know you know how it is you're all gonna win you're always gonna set it to <laughs> where you're gonna win every single match all the time and my mom was uh dating my stepdad at the time and he came over and uh we played the uh, game together and <laughs> this is this is the funny thing is this is the first person i ever lost to in a fighting game <laughs> he beat me by using only one move and he was using uh you know and before oh. he could before he could win i unplugged the system from the tv <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting mad at him because like you can't just use that one move you can't just do it and he was like what i'm just playing the game and i think that right there taught me you know like stay stay with it there's always a whole a bunch of cheap shit but uh, i'll get on topic yeah. but yeah people just don't want to go through the long learning process take tekken, tekken 7 for example massive massive amount of stuff to learn with the character people don't feel like sitting through that and yeah. that's why it, ha it has a massive dedicated fan base but because of legacy skill, you know, they've already gone through the older games of Tekken, the ones that didn't have as much information as Tekken 7. So they know stuff from the older games and they're just adding stuff all into their book. That's, you know, that's new to them, which is not a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just it's just the learning process that people can't get past. Mm -hmm. I think it's a multi pronged issue. So to go back to what you're talking about with the characters, Nowadays, I don't even entertain like tier lists or or like ca character complaints. Like my, my response to people who complain about characters is, um, are you are you the best player with that? Are you the best person with that character? Are you like one of the top players in the world? Then there's room for improvement. So stop complaining about it. Like I I don't entertain that logic anymore. I don't get into tier lists because it's irrelevant to most people. Like unless you're going to use it as like here's how you have to play around this, you're 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 just talking about pro players and who they're probably going to pick like it's just not relevant to me um so that's that's how i settle that specific issue because unless you know i i say um like i played fong in street fighter 5 and the way i compared fong to a lot of people was like being black it's like i'm born with a disadvantage and that's just the way it is but if i want what i want if i want to get what i want then i got to work around those disadvantages and use my strengths as much as possible um, exactly and that's that's exactly how i play low tier characters it's like okay well i need to know your character as well as you know your character i need to know my character better than you know my character and i need to be able to anticipate uh but like until i'm the best person with that character there's always going to be room for improvement what are they doing how are people beating them yada 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 um, but then you get into something that i didn't really recognize until i got into street fighter uh oh no rocket league is um so traditionally rocket league is a 3v3 game um, mm -hmm. But there's three different ranked modes. There's 3v3, 2v2, and 1v1. And I noticed that a certain kind of personality type um, that I, I feel like had the same issue with quitting fighting games also avoided 1v1s like the plague. And to use a, a basketball term, I think a lot of people have an issue with being exposed. And in fighting mm -hmm. games, there's no there's no teammate to blame. There's no there's no bunch of factors to blame other than you lost your opponent. And you can make excuses from there, whether it be your character or play style, stuff like that. Um, so I do think that's a huge part of it where people just don't like being exposed. Uh, and then the last part that you talked about, which is like the practice part of it, um, you made me think about this, is that um, in, in fighting games, I, I feel like the 
most of us appreciate the newer training tools that we're getting. Like hardcore fighters appreciate any kind of training tools that we get. Uh, but we have a certain level of patience that most other gamers don't need to have. Like think about most shooters. There are training tools for working on your aim and stuff like that, but most of them just hop into games and they play and they get better that way. Um, and But you also have your teammates to blame. So I, I feel like fighting games and like any 1v1 game has this unique point of view where you get exposed, but also the training process for fighting games specifically can be very, very daunting. Um, even Rocket League has like tons, especially if you're on PC, there's a lot of training packs that you can do that gamify uh, learning specific skills. Where in um, Street Fighter, if I want to work on my hit confirms, I have to create that scenario myself. There's no, exactly. there's no mini game for me to work on my hit confirms that give me any kind of feedback or any kind of score. Uh, there's nothing for working on my combos other than combo trials that are already pre-made. I can't build my own combos for the most part and then like do that. Like you can to some games, but it's not super common. So I think mm -hmm. the lack of gamification with the training tools is also a huge issue when it comes to fighting games. Like if I'm being objective, I think that is it. But I do find myself like you sometimes getting frustrated by people who are like. I want to get better at the game. I want to win, but then complaining at every corner about like every situation or making excuses. It, it is uh, quite conflicting. Yeah, I have a, a friend that plays a uh, fighting is on the stream, and he told me he has this one rule where um, he'll play a character one time every single match. And and this this is where this is where I'm getting frustrated to the part to the uh, the um, the idea of auto combos. That is another big gripe i feel like dragon ball fires is a good game i think that's where the the uh, the, the notion of auto combos originated the most and it did open doors for a lot of players to come in but the I, it's just i feel like now we're just because people are complaining so much that they can't figure out how to do these play these games i feel like now it's just it's it's it's, it's babying babying them and and I feel like that's okay to an extent, because the way auto combos work in Dragon Ball Fighters is even if you're behind that character, they're just gonna turn the other way like it's a Smash Bros. game. I just right. I feel like babying a player too much to that extent is very dangerous to the other side of fighting game, whereas the competitive people, the very uh the people who try to like make the tier list and stuff like you said, because. You know, what's the point of learning if this is so good and is able to uh, catch you off guard every single time? Like you don't have to turn around or nothing. You just you just press one button, and that's it. Yeah. And like, granted, it did it did what they wanted. It got people into more fighting games. But you know, you if you look at us, we're looking at them like you know this this they they ain't learning nothing. You know. They can develop some bad habits. Yeah, some some math, massive bad have, and then they get up to the high high tier uh, echelon with those auto combos. Now they're getting blasted for it. They're they're getting blown up because they're they're so used to it, and they're getting blown up for it. Now they're going to quit the game because they don't know what else to do. They don't feel like going to the training modes and you know how to do actual combos, actual extensions, actual strings. They they're going to quit right there because they're so used to just pressing a button at. at every turn that now now it's frustrating you know this character sucks or they go to another character because they think the character sucks the auto combo is not good this game sucks they, they stop playing the game it's 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 a double-edged sword to me yeah I, I i feel like gameplay mechanics shouldn't encourage bad habits on its own and i i'm, I'm on the fence because i feel like i learned the auto combo system in terms of its utility 
and not as a like something to rely on. I'm not great at Dragon Ball Fighters, but I have friends that are good at it, and like that's one of the things that we learned early on. But if you don't have any friends that play the game or you don't follow any online resources, just like the in-game resources, how would you know how to properly utilize the auto combo system? Especially if this is your first fighting game, let alone like your first um, tag fighter. You don't really have that kind of legacy knowledge to rely on. So that's one of those instances where the mechanics by themselves aren't bad, but because there's a lack of training tools, the that becomes sort of a, a encouraging a bad habit because I'm all for making games simpler so that more people can get into it as long as you keep the skill ceiling very high I think that's a good thing to be able to do like um melee is a weird example but I'm going to use that one because it's a party game and it's very simple at its at its core but because of a lot of circumstances the game has a lot of depth and uh, mm -hmm. so anybody can kind of get into that game you know less so now and competitively less so now but um, there's there's a lot of room for improvement, for strategy, and for players who are already experienced to be rewarded um, for their experience. Uh, but then you have something like an auto combo where Bardock can just go swinging at you and, and whack you <laughs> upside the head. It, it is kind of a weird, as a, as a partial Bardock player myself, like that is a little bit busted. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's not hard, it's not easy to make a fighting game. I, that's one of the fighting, fighting games is one of the genres I worked on when I was an animator. Um, and so I got to see how much work goes into making a fighting game. So I always have respect, despite the fact that I may not like a fighting game, how much work it takes to make one. Um, that I don't think a lot of other people give that that grace to developers. Um, so I'll say that I don't like a game. I just don't. I don't ever get mad that I don't like a game. I don't know. I'm, I'm an adult. I just I don't rage like that. I, <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, but I do agree with you in that sense. Where like that that can cause an issue. And I do think that's something that developers have to keep in mind. I'm sure they do, uh, but I think that without babying, because I, I also think that's a good point too, like babying people, making things simple. Um, personally, I'm against that, but when it comes to getting more people to play the game, I also recognize that most people aren't resilient enough to deal with that kind of loss on a repetitive basis until they get better. So it's it's a really hard spot when you're trying to like ultimately hit a, a, a bottom line. You're trying to hit something financially. How do you find that middle ground of, hey, here's a game that's approachable and simple, um, but has a lot of depth so that, you know, the legacy players, the, the hardcore players keep the competitive scene alive. Um, it's not really an easy thing. And Dragon Ball Fighters is a very, um, in today's era, Dragon Ball Fighters having that sort of mechanic is a little uh, hard to like really process for a lot of people yeah exactly it's it's it, it's definitely a weird situation because the, the fgc is is definitely still though people say it's massive compared to the other uh genre areas especially the shooter category we're we're very very small yeah absolutely <laughs> so i think our i think the main priority is to keep people in into our games mm-hmm and I guess Autocombos is the answer to that, especially because it's in Dragon Ball Fighters. It's somewhat in Stripe, not as much as it was before in Rev 2. It's in Grand Blue Fantasy. It's in Cross Tag. It's in uh, what else? It's in. Um, I think it's kind of in Tekken, but yeah. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's tournament legal though. Well, I think I think the thing, the biggest thing with Tekken is the uh, the one button specials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's the biggest thing with Tekken. In, in terms of my experience uh, playing it with my uh, roommate, where 
we're usually being in the you know the, uh, the the small menu that comes up on the left side of the screen asks you which one you want to press yeah that thing yeah there's that um and then now we got dnf duel which is it, it's not a combo but it's just you know four button press like like we're going Smash back to the dragon yeah exactly mm -hmm. you know one button uh down special it's like it's like like smash bros in terms of uh you know down b's four b's and stuff like that yeah um, <laughs> which I, I love dnf duel for its simplicity but also it's it's wackiness it's over the top from a, a umvc3 player a marvel player uh, I just love the wackiness of it, but that game has made people fume. Like, people get really angry at that game. Um, that's the weird thing, though. I think DNF Duel actually did it right in terms of, like, in terms of, um, you know, getting people in, like, new players in. It's not, it's not too complex, but it's not too easy. Yeah. You know, because, you know, going back to Dragon Ball Fighters, you just press one button, bam, you got it. But, like, in uh, DNF Duel... I always compare DNF Duel to uh, the old Dragon Ball Z uh, Budokai games. You know, back when you had like hmm. PK and uh, Forward E stuff like that, 4K and stuff like that. Okay. It. I think that's what really drew me in because it was, you know, I felt like it was paying homage indirectly to that uh, type of fighting style where it was. Um, it was uh, back in the PS2 days, and um, I think that's what really pulled me in. Now, I think the problem that everybody has is definitely last with berserk swift master and uh hitman uh ghost blade oh. and who else Hit, uh hitman was a problem before they nerfed him hitman yeah before they nerfed him but berserk is definitely at the top of the echelon with the problem that people are that everybody's having yeah and it goes down to the same thing i've been saying people don't want to learn how to you know fight that stuff off People don't want to learn the mechanics of the game. People just want to, you know, people just want to shoot, uh, for lack of a better term, because of, you know, shooters, you aim, you shoot, bam, you know, that's how you get the kill. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize you can't take that mindset even over to this genre. It's a lot more complex than that. Yeah, it's true. And I, I do see a lot of people, they're very gung-ho about complaining about things before they've really put forth the effort to get around these issues and... It's annoying. It's really annoying to see it, honestly. Like, people just complaining about things. Um, I think everyone has a right to their opinion of how a game is. Uh, but I think once you start getting to the point where you're complaining and yelling and demanding changes of developers, like, that's when you lose me. When it's like, okay, no, you you don't like it, that's fine. But then you're you're saying that you're you're not winning because of A, B, and C when you haven't even put in enough time. I, I don't really buy that. I'm sorry. But to, to go... Go to my last topic. I wanted to, to pick your brain on this one in terms of a uh, Project L. Where where is that on your radar, and like what do you what do you think about it? I'll be honest, that one's flying very low, uh, <laughs> very off radar. I, I only say that because I haven't really heard much about it. You know, with Street Fighter Six coming out, the beta with cross crossplay and rollback on beta is coming out. Dragon Ball Fighters getting rollback. Now we hear Guilty Gear uh, Rev Two and Rev One are getting rollback. It's a lot of stuff is at the forefront of Project L, so you're not really seeing much publicity about it because these games are coming back that are old ones are coming back to take over. Yeah. So, but what I've seen in terms of a footage, the older footage that we've seen back when uh, before the end was released, I'm definitely excited about it. Part of me feels like it's giving off a lot of Grand Blue Fantasy mechanic vibe. Hmm. To be honest with you, I I feel like that it's going to be, you know, the normal, you can either press, um, 
R1 forward to do the special or do the actual input. It's it's giving me a lot of grand blue vibes. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I'm I, I would of course say that I'm excited for it, but in terms of what it means for the FGC, I see it being something very big that can give a huge boon in attention to the FGC from non-fighting game players. Uh, oh yeah, most definitely. Purely speculation at this point. I won't go into the huge ramble, but one, I think that um, you're going to have a lot of people who are, this is their first fighting game that they're going to get into. Uh, and then they're going to get brought into the fold of the FGC. So it, it could be just a big spike in fighting games in general, like an interest and then it dips off. Uh, like kind of just goes back to where it was before or you could see like a steadier like normal high just all time if project l is actually a good game uh because the thing with i, I talk about league of legends because they have kind of set a trend um or are one of the trendsetters in terms of esports in terms of competitive games that are also just popular um for the casual player who doesn't compete but plays the game a lot it it could be one of those games and the thing is, is that there's also the fact that the Cannon Brothers are working on it. It's going to have good netcode. It's a tag fighter. They have a huge roster. Um, if they want to do anything with story mode, they have a lot of rich story already existing. They don't have to already write. Um, plus, the big thing, the, the, the tinfoil hat thing for me, is that the way they're doing the netcode, I think I think Maximilian dude also says this, is that it could be a two-player versus two-player game. And... Uh, mm. I, I hope that is true, and I hope that is the uh, tournament standard, because mm -hmm. um, just objectively speaking, after working in esports since 2018, um, multiplayer, I don't think it's just the fact that fighting games are less popular. I think it's the fact that team games are more popular for a multitude of reasons. You have more people to look for, like to, to cheer for. You have, um, you know, more dynamics, more once in a lifetime moments, because the more players in a game, the more once in a lifetime situations are going to happen. Um, yeah. So it, I, I think that that would be great for fighting games. And I think it would set it apart from other fighting games um, because I don't think you can really ever replace a fighting game like Tekken's never going to replace Street Fighter 5 or Street Fighter like that's just not going to happen because they're two different styles of fighting game they're like almost two different genres in the same genre um exactly so I, I don't think that it would ever harm any of the other fighting games but I, I hope that it would help it to grow and like get more people into Street Fighter get more people into Guilty Gear uh, get more people into older fighting games that are starting to get better netcode now so I think and i hope that this game gives a huge boon to the fighting game community and that the fighting game community actually supports it and doesn't like get controversial about it or anything because that's kind of what the fgc does <laughs> true so, uh yeah. yeah we do like to start some theories man we do. but i will say this it has a lot to live up to yes. based on what's coming out now and I think they really need to take a look at what's happening with DNF Duel because they're on the verge of completely falling out if this update that they're talking about, this big update, is, isn't is something that's like actually big as they say, it could be a very big downfall for them. Yeah, this is a make or situation for them. And I love DNF Duel, but I mean, objectively speaking, they gotta they gotta bring something good, otherwise uh, they're, they're just done, it's gonna die. It's going to exactly. stay basically dead because I can't even find ranked matches nowadays. Yeah, because everybody's in a lobby system. That's why. Yep, you're right. But um, I think that's another thing. I think lobby systems need to be see. Okay, so lobby systems open up a lot of ideas in terms of like doing online tournaments. But at the same time, it's I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm very iffy on that area. 
because I like to. I've done a couple of my own own tournaments with a couple of my dudes because of the lobby system in uh, Guilty Gear Strive, thankfully. But yeah, I I don't think that each one should stand side by side lobby system and then you know normal rank mode one v one. What do you mean? Well, I I just feel like it takes it, one of them is not going to get attention from the other. So you're going to have the people that like lobby systems way more. You're going to have the people that like uh, doing the one v ones a lot more. Yeah, and I think with DNF duel, or I think as the fighting game genre in general, people like you know doing the one v ones a lot more than they do lobbies because uh. I say that because Guilty Gear Strive got a massive flat because of the lobby system, and that there was no one v one type of a uh, you know you just you just press rank match and bam you're in. But hmm. that's that's just how I feel because yeah. I mean Street Fighter Five did it right, you know that they actually had a lot more luck with doing the lobby system. Excellent. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get to have more conversations like this. Maybe when more updates come out from Street Fighter or, or Tekken or something like that, uh, we can have more conversations. I look forward to it. Uh, I'm also trying to just get back into this. I've been my work situation is a little crazy and hectic right now, but I'm hoping it's it's been slowing down and getting more steady and more used to it. So I hope to continue to pump out more content, get more guests on the show again. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But everyone listening, thank you guys so much. Make sure you uh, Check out him on social media, uh, on Twitch as well, when you start to stream as well. And also me, I'm streaming on Twitch and YouTube, a lot of Cyberpunk 2020, uh, 2077 stuff right now. Uh, but also Twitter is the best way to get with me, at The Philosopher, on Twitter, basically everything. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you all in the next one.